I'm telling you, the hardest thing to find in marriage, motherhood, life in general, balance. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest thing to find mm -hmm. on with everything. I don't even know where, I guess I would know where to begin, but I wouldn't, it's almost too overwhelming to try to like balance your whole life at once. I think as you age, I think each age is like a different like balancing out. Yeah. Like in my 20s, I balanced out like partying and working. Yes. And, you know, um, my later 20s, I was trying to balance myself and my emotions. Yeah. And then I'm hoping in the my 30s, um, I can find balance within my relationship and my individuality. Yes. Like where my... Um, like where I can learn to have and show my emotions mm -hmm. in my relationship and it not affect the other person as yeah. much. Like that's my goal for my 30s. Um, but yeah, I, I think every little stepping stone in like our yeah. age stone, whatever, what do you call that? Milestone? I mean, you, stone, yeah. you, you try to just balance out each little section of your life yeah. until like you're 60 and then you're like, okay, this is... Yeah, not even 60, maybe like 50. I'm telling you, you know, I have so many friends and women who are like, oh my gosh, aging sucks. And I'm like, God, no, it doesn't. I'm having the best time. The older I get, the better version of me comes out. And I'm getting to a, a space where you love yourself so much more that if somebody told me, you can go back to your 20s, or you have once a, a genie showed up and said, you can go back to your 20s. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. I, I, it gets better with age. So women that are embarrassed about saying how old they are and birthdays and gosh, no, it's been amazing. I loved my thirties. I'm loving my forties. There's no way that it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your body starts to break down, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, right. so in your twenties, you have uh, a young body that can do, that's capable of many things. So lastly, but then, yes, <laughs> doesn't creak, doesn't crack, and, and, you know, you don't need eight hours of sleep. or. But then you don't have the mind. The mind's just not there. You have to go through life to learn lessons, and that makes you grow, and that makes you a better person. It just does. So mm -hmm. to me, that's the irony of life. You know, you you have this beautiful young body comes with a very immature mind. So then you earn the maturity and you earn the, I don't know, your, your, everything gets better mentally. It really does. If you put in the time, right? Cause and you don't stay in that victim mentality of letting your past or whatever your yeah. past choices say, you know, dictate your future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then your body starts to break down. But gosh, again, I wouldn't trade for anything. I, my thirties were the best years of my life. There was so much growth that happens in my that happened in my 30s and now it just keeps getting better and better and better so I look forward to being 45 and 50 because to me it's like gosh what's like it's exciting what's to come how much of a better version of me can I become by the time I'm 50 mm -hmm. so it's been amazing I'm loving it so I'm not scared of aging I really am not 
I, I've noticed that the ones who are at the most peace with their past and have self-reflected and kind of like really close that that part of their life off, or we'll just say matured, say that. Mm-hmm. A lot of very mature women that I know say that they really have enjoyed their, their 30s and, and gaining age. I think it's the immature ones that are still looking at life um, through like these blurred drunk goggles I guess um right that I see have a problem with aging because I'm kind of the same way like I'm really excited to see I love see where I end up because I love how young I am now already having these tough conversations and yes. and I think that comes with I was been very brutal on myself but it was because I knew I wanted peace and the only way to get peace was to figure out what was causing me discomfort yes you know so as I've gotten older I've loved that and I just like I'm can't I can't wait. I'm like if God wills, and I you know I make thirty five years old, forty years old. Like I'm excited to see that, even through the trial and tribulation, because I've realized that as time goes on and you experience more trauma or not trauma, but trials. Um, I don't think everybody needs to experience trauma to have a good life. So right. it's not what I'm saying, but you know you experience trials, things that happen in life, and you actually face the problem and you overcome the problem. Um then I think you have more confidence later on because you're like, oh, I've been through that. I've dealt with, you know, that. I know I can get through it. And not every little thing is so detrimental to your your life. Yes. Um, And I don't know if it's from having faith or hope or, you know, faith in myself or faith in God or what started me to do this process, but I have hope for my future. Yes. You know, um, and I just kind of roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's what age brings. So age brings. We resort back to being a baby, if you think about it. That you look at things with through different eyes. You are able to find more balance. Like, you know, I'm going to use religion for an example, right? Like, I know a lot of people who are religious, so they go... Um, oh my gosh, I can't drink alcohol anymore. I can't smoke cigarettes anymore because now it's all about God and Jesus and I want to be 100% clean and perfect. And perfect. Struggled. I'm still struggling with that. Right. So perfection is impossible. We're human. We are human. We were created this way by him, right? And to me, as he puts these things out here for us to have this human experience and for us to to try it and to to taste it, to use it, to wear it, to, um, yes, have a I, I have a glass of wine a couple of times a week. I go to concerts. I go to bars with friends. I still have a life that does not make me less Christ-like than somebody who doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just finding the balance of where I do that. And I have a good time, but I don't need to ruin my life with it. For an example, alcohol is a good example that I want to use because I grew up with an alcoholic mother. Mm -hmm. I always told myself I wouldn't touch a drink because I saw what alcohol does to you. As I got older, so I was never the crazy college girl, the, the, the crazy teenager who got wasted every weekend because... And it it had nothing to do with religion at that point. It was more because of what I grew up, what I grew up watching, right, with my mom. As I got older, I was like, wait a minute. 
I have self-control. I can go out, have a couple of drinks, have a good time, and then go home, go to sleep, and function the same day. You're not your mother. Right. And then when, you know, when religion and, and spirituality came about, then I have another reason for it. Is Another reason is I would like to not put poison in my body so often. So do I still go out? Yes, I do. Do I still have a drink? Yes, I do. I don't do it as often, or maybe I don't do it. I don't drink four glasses of wine. I'll drink two. So I'm finding the balance between zero and 100. I'm trying to stay around 50. So I'm not trying to be perfect, and I'm not trying to be a mess. I'm trying to be 50. And with age, everything got easier to find that middle ground. Just It seems like you have more common sense where you go, wait a minute, I can't. Yeah, you have you have experience. And yeah, that kind of that takes me back to... Um, how as you get older you kind of revert back to childlike where you're at peace because you you don't really you know you don't know a lot as a child but I think an older version you know enough you you stop caring about what other people think about you so now you're living more free but with the knowledge Mm -hmm. and um for me like how you said you're finding the balance I still very much struggle with that yeah um because I either want to say I don't do that at all or I do it like I feel like if I do it in between or halfway like with my drinking I completely quit drinking yeah and then being around people and you know you know my husband drinks frequently you know everybody around me pretty much drinks and me being like oh I don't drink and still feeling like I can be around it I guess yeah and it's not because I have the urge to drink or to not drink, but it's like I won't allow myself to be in between. It's almost like I got scared of being in between um, when I really started studying the Bible. Yeah. I think it's in Matthew or something, and and it's, I think, taken out of context, but it's, it's basically a passage saying, you know, like, there would be plenty at the end of time where they say, Lord, Lord, but we prophesied and did this in your name. Um but I'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought that meant, like, you believe in him, but you're not living for him. Or you believe in him, and you do some of the things that he says, but then you you fail in other aspects. Yes. Like, I guess I thought as soon as you accepted him, like, he would just, the Holy Spirit would just make it where you didn't sin anymore. Right. Um. And so I, I've told myself for a while that I don't deserve or get to be half in or half out of anything. Like, I started saying, like, with my smoking and stuff, you know, I was, smoking weed was the only way I could really yeah. get through my day. Yeah. Um. So when I quit smoking, I was like, oh, I can't smoke. Like, it almost was daunting because I was like, I feel like somebody's, like, shaking their finger at me, like, saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. Right. And I was always, even if I messed up, like, waiting, like, I was scared of waiting for that punishment. Yes. Because it was like, well, if you're not perfect, there's a punishment. If you mess up, there's a like, and it was going to be something catastrophic, like God was, like, going to kill my husband or something. Like, it freaked me out. Like, right. And so I was so, I was scared of that. And then it kind of made me, like, self-reflect and be like, well, why are you responding that way? Why do you think that even if you make a mistake or you do have a few drinks or, you know, for me, I mean, I don't think there's any excuse to smoke anymore. But I don't know. Um, Like, I would fall off or I would smoke or something. Or if I did at the time smoke I thought that like it was going to be this big ordeal right 
So it put a lot of pressure on me. And then I ended up having shame and guilt when I would think about it or crave it. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm just a shitty person. I might as well just do it. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to say no to my flesh. So all bets are off. Let me just smoke as much as I want. And it's not a big deal. Um, so I got to find that, which I've been working on it. Like, I'm not harping on myself. Um, if somebody's smoking or something, like, I might, especially with how stressed out I am, because I'm not in my Bible like I should be. And I think if I was, then I wouldn't have the temptations that I have. But, I mean, I'm trying to give myself a little bit of grace. Yes. Because I feel like if I keep holding on to the shame, it'll just push me away from God. It will. So I'm definitely trying to have some grace. I mean, like, okay, like, if you smoke, you know, today, like, don't automatically assume that, like. Right he hates you or something like that no and i also feel like like society has established that these things are just bad period right they're just bad when to me here alcohol for an example you went out you had a couple of drinks if those couple of drinks is what needed to happen for you to maybe feel a little bit more open and loving and maybe reach out to somebody that you haven't talked to in 10 years mm-hmm. and apologize mm-hmm. or something. So to me, that drink had a good effect on you because like God can take anything and make it for his good. Yes. And it's that, but it can also go the other way. Like I know people that they'll have two drinks and they become violent, you know? So then I do think it's your duty to make sure you don't touch that again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if anything that you let, have like you start to idolize or like you let have a grip on you yeah don't do it yeah like but if you can you know if you just have a couple and be okay and then you know god can still use it for his good but see i'm just but you're not and that could be a whole whole conversation because i want to feel that way but then again i think that's almost like how do i change my my god to fit my excuses to do the things that I know he most likely wouldn't want me to do but and I could use that for the weed the drinking I don't think I could use that because I mean I know he did drink wine and stuff like that and he even told them like you know just don't get out of your mind yes well and I think I think there is see I don't I think that we misinterpret a lot of things I don't think that we were told not to do these things yeah moderation I think is what he meant like don't act beside yourself yes and don't you know is drinking good no it physically is not good it's poison to your body so i'm sure he would have rather you take care of your body but that one for everything yes but then then that one drink a week is not gonna make you or break you yeah you know or that two glasses you had when you went out if your friends and you wanted to have a good time if you didn't hurt anybody you're only hurting your own body Mm mm-hmm but you had a good time. It, it's, I, in my view, yeah, it's okay. And see, and that's where I'm like, mm, I don't know, because I think what God really w- wants from me is to not feel like I need to lean on those things, like the worldly things or his something, something that he put into the world. Like, like with weed, that's something he put into the world, but I think the devil might have twisted it up or some. Mm-hmm. And then like alcohol, um, like I feel like it's there, but. At the same time, I feel like he's like, don't lean on those things to find, like, bring you peace or, or a good time. But like, have a good time with me. Like, 
Right. You know, so, and I might be completely wrong. I have a very black and white personality. Yeah. There's no gray area in my life, um, or I don't like having gray area because I think that leads to um, making mistakes that are unintentional. Yeah. Um, so I have a big problem with overloading my brain with all the information and then trying to decipher and figure out the um, motive or intention behind it and then choose a side. Yeah. Like I don't like being in the middle because then I feel like I'm wrong if I'm in the middle. Like it's almost like there's no, you're not allowed. Like you have to be good or you have to be bad. Yeah. And I haven't figured out how to make my brain be like, there is good people who have done bad things and that doesn't make us bad all the time. Yes. I actually had this conversation this morning with my husband. I said, making bad choices does not make you a bad person, you know? So, and, and to me, I feel like, gosh, it's, it's living under so much pressure living that way, having to be I mean, it's impossible as a human to be perfect. It is. Mm -hmm. So you have to be living under so much pressure. And I don't think that that's the life that was intended for us. I feel like he wants us to be happy. He wants us to experience things and, 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 and freedom and, and weightless. And, you know, it, that seek for perfection causes so much stress. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost like calling God a liar. Because if we truly believe the good news of the gospel, we would know that Jesus gave us rest because he paid the ultimate price for our sin. Right. And if we, there's another passage that's talking about, it was Jesus talking and he was like, if you, uh, you know, say somebody owed, you know, somebody a thousand dollars and another person owed them a hundred dollars, but both people were forgiven, Right. And the person with a thousand are, um, he said, who do you think would, would respect or love me more? The person I only forgave for the hundred dollars or the person that had more to forgive? Who's going to love you as, you know, right. as yourself? And then he says, if, and if I forgive both of you, but then that guy who, who owed the thousand dollars goes to the guy who owed him money and then shakes him down for it and doesn't give him grace or forgiveness after you just received that, then who are, you know, what are you? Right. If, you know, and so I like that, that, yeah. never mind, that just kind of reminded me of that, but. Yes. So it is, it's, it's, I don't think that his intention is for us to live under so much pressure under this, this microscope of let me judge you on all the minor mistakes that you make in life. Mm -hmm. In the end, if you had two drinks last night or not, are you a good human? Are you still a good person? Are you still helping people when you can? Are you still extending a, a hand? Are you still, you know, so I think, I feel like those are the things that matter. So I think, again, it's just finding that grace. And then most importantly, it's not from him. It's from yourself because that judgment's coming from yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many other big problems out there that these things are not what's going to make it or break you, you know, make yeah. you into a good human or a bad human. So again, it's finding that balance and you're 12, 14 years younger than me. So maybe it will come as you, as you age. It took me a while to get to this point too, but I, I tell a friend of mine who's a people pleaser, I say the moment that you stop 
caring about people's, and I'm going to include this with God's judgment, because I don't think that there is judgment on these minor things. Well, I think I think we, because we believe in his son and the death of his son, I think we get excused from the judgment of the world. And I think the people who are actually under law are the ones who aren't under the umbrella of the blood of Jesus. Right. So I think if I actually remind myself of the actual gossip, uh, gossip, gossip, don't do that, <laughs> a gospel message, I would have that pressure off of me. So like, you're right. It's for me, it's 100% my own brain. Yes. It's not God telling me like, Yes, that you're less than because you had a drink or smoked weed or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, it's balance. Yeah. We'll find. You'll find it at some point. I'm still searching. Thanks. (laughs)